I have stuff, so I'm going to use a music stand. I think it's probably not the tradition of everyone else to use that. Is that true? Um, new tradition. Um, if we haven't met yet, by the way, my name is Matt Schneider. I'm a new canon for parish life and evangelism here at the Advent. I'm so glad to be with you all. I'll be here most Sundays. Um, currently scheduled to preach every other week. Uh, and if we haven't met, I hope that uh, you'll greet me afterwards. My family's in the back there. One of my daughters is here. The other's upstairs. Um, we just moved here August 3rd. I've lived in seven states, or if you consider the District of Columbia a state, I've lived in seven states. And what happens is within a month, you've got to go to the DMV, um, or here, as you all call it, the Alabama Department of Public Safety. Um, well, I was in the, the DMV on Friday on my day off, and I, was, I have Facebook on my phone, and I wrote, the DMV is a great place to do sermon prep. I thought that was funny. I got three likes and a lot more comments. And then finally, I quoted Jeremiah um, from today that I would be preaching on this line. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice. <laughs> if you want to get a laugh in the, your sermon, you've got to talk about the DMV or, you know, anyway. Um, but this is uh, what I meditated upon as I, uh, or I began to meditate upon when I sat there thinking about Jeremiah while at the DPS um, There's that line, and this is the next line from Jeremiah. Under the weight of your hand, I sat alone, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. Now, there are two things to highlight here, at least that I want to highlight. First is the prophet's loneliness. He's alone because of his prophetic ministry, by the way. The people of Jerusalem that he loved had been rejecting his message of, number one, repentance, and also the forthcoming destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, wouldn't you, you know, if someone's coming around like Jeremiah telling you, you ought to repent, and by the way, God's judgment's coming, and your city will be destroyed, you know? I mean, that would, as a preacher, lead to loneliness. Um, And so that's why... He's lonely. And the other thing to highlight is his temptation to give up on God. Jeremiah's temptation to give up on God. As a result, he's torn. You know, he's faithful to God, yet he's feeling betrayed by God. He's at once faithful, and yet he feels betrayed by God. Haven't you felt this way before? Alone, isolated, abandoned? helpless, perhaps despondent. Maybe you've been angry with God before, asking, where is he gone? You know, feeling betrayed. I often encounter these emotions uh, in the hospital, for the most part, when visiting with people who um, are in a great deal of suffering, physical suffering because of their physical health, and asking, you know, where has God gone? Um, What's happening? Is he punishing me? What have I done? You know, where is God in this? Why? And why am I so alone? Why do I feel so lonely? And a hospital room can feel so lonely. And I can sympathize. Um, when I was much younger, um, I uh, lived in, in two places where I felt very lonely, two beautiful places that I love, 
but felt lonely, nevertheless. The first one was San Francisco, California, and the other was France, southern France. And I remember, you know, in my, like, early 20s in graduate school, I would just get very lonely as a single young man and walk the streets of San Francisco at night. And, you know, there are all these people and all this hustle and bustle around me, and yet I felt so lonely. And also, you know, I had a great time living in France, cycling all over France, but often feeling isolated because I didn't speak the language and because home was so far away, and I could only afford one ticket back. And I knew, you know, <laughs> I wanted to wait until I was supposed to leave before I left. Um, but those were often, you know, not the whole time um, living in France, and not the whole time of my 10 years living in San Francisco, but oftentimes, you know, especially when I was single, um, feeling very alone. Uh, and these have been the worst emotions of my life. Um, they can be some of the worst emotions for, for all of us. And unfortunately, when feeling this way, people give us platitudes, don't they? Or we give ourselves platitudes, you know? Um, it, it could be worse. This too shall pass. You'll get used to it. <laughs> um, happiness is a choice. Um, you're better off without her or him or them, you know, or that company. Um, you, you have your whole life ahead of you. Tomorrow's another day. Um, th- these are the, the kinds of things that seem commonsensical that we say to ourselves or people tell us in the midst of loneliness and despair um, that actually aren't too helpful or hope-filled. You know, when I hear that, I want to say, like, go away. Um, that's not helping me. Um, let me go back to Facebook. Uh, recently, and there's a lot of garbage on Facebook, by the way, uh, but I, I saw this quote from Tim Keller in New York City. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, the, the pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City. This quote on Facebook, follow Tim Keller, you know, if you're on Facebook, because there's a lot of garbage out there. But I found this quote, I saw on my feed, and I thought, yes, that's so true. He wrote, in the secular view, suffering is never seen as a meaningful part of life but only as an interruption. In the secular view, suffering is never seen as a meaningful part of life, but only as an interruption. And the difference for Keller is that God can be at work in our loneliness versus the kind of like platitude thinking or the secular thinking that he says here. You know, it's an interruption. This too shall pass, you know? Tomorrow's another day. But what Keller's saying that, as a matter of fact... God can be at work in that very loneliness and despair. Well, I've been thinking a lot about the police lately. And I don't mean the boys in blue. I mean, you know, Sting, the police, the rock and roll band, New Wave, uh, 70s, 80s, but he's still around. I've been thinking a lot about the police lately because I found this book in the library, Lyrics by Sting, which is like a book of poetry, basically. It's every song that he's written. And it's fascinating. You know, usually if you want lyrics, you've got to listen to the song, get the liner notes, or go online. But here they are all bound in one book. And uh, I was reading the lyrics to the song Message in a Bottle. And uh, it struck me that I hadn't ever really paid attention to the lyrics. You know, besides the 
repeating, sending out an SOS, you know. Um, the, there's actually a story of three acts in the song Message in a Bottle. Maybe you've noticed when you've heard it, but I never really paid attention before. I'm going to read you the meat of the song. You all know the refrain, but listen to this. Just a castaway, an island lost at sea, another lonely day with no one here but me, more loneliness than a man could bear. Rescue me before I fall into despair. And he goes, oh. <laughs> um, and, and says over and over again, I'll send an SOS to the world. I hope that someone gets my message in a bottle. Yeah. Um, and then the second act is, a year has passed since I wrote my note. But I should have known this right from the start. Only hope can keep me together. Love can mend your life, but love can break your heart. And then again, sending out an SOS message in a bottle, etc. And here's the kicker, the third act, the end of the story. Walked out this morning. Don't believe what I saw. Hundred billion bottles washed up on the shore. Seems I'm not alone at being alone. Hundred billion castaways looking for a home. Did you hear that? Do I need to read that again? I mean, that just... 100 billion bottles. It seems I'm not alone at being alone. 100 billion castaways looking for a home. Basically, everyone's sending out an SOS to the world. You know, It's not just sting, but everyone's sending the distress signal or plea for help or launching the flares. You know, Help me. I feel uh, lonely, like a castaway. So what's sting got to do with Jeremiah? You're asking, perhaps. Uh, Jeremiah has been sending a message in a bottle for several chapters now, basically, until we get to this point. And he's not like staying, you know, just throwing the bottle out there to the sea and hoping anybody will get it, you know. But he's actually sending out an SOS to God for several chapters. And the passage today finally shifts at its ending, um, where God says to the prophet, I will make you this I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. Now again, here are two things. I don't usually do the point thing, but there are two things earlier that I noticed and two things here that I noticed. Number one, there's more suffering to come for Jeremiah. God says that. Um, thanks, God. Uh, but he says that there's more suffering coming for you. And the second point is, yet God will eventually deliver Jeremiah from the suffering and the loneliness. There's more suffering to come, yes. Yet God will deliver Jeremiah from the suffering and the loneliness. And the book of Jeremiah, if you read the whole thing, goes on to say that God will deliver the world from the despair, meaning all of us, not just Jeremiah, not just uh, the people of Jerusalem, but the whole world from this loneliness. And so this is the good news that I've come to Birmingham, Alabama to preach amongst you. This is the good news that I've come here for, to talk to you about. You know, loneliness is kind of a dark subject, and you've been probably thinking, gosh, Matt, this is pretty dark. Um, but there's a silver lining, right? You know, I mean, uh, the, the, the gospel that I've come to preach among you. 
And the first half of it, unfortunately, is that the suffering and loneliness is inevitable. But as Tim Keller says, it can actually be meaningful, meaning that God might be at work through it. Yet, ultimately, God is with us and will deliver us and redeem us. By his mercy, God forgives us through the ultimate lonesome man, and that is Jesus Christ. As our great high priest, Jesus suffered the worst loneliness so that we would finally not have to. And so I end and leave you with these words, these famous words from the other great prophet, uh, what he said about that lonesome man. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Amen.